Hello, my little friends. Laying down millions of dollars to open school. We have businesses on the verge of bankruptcy. We have restaurants that need to open up. We have art venues that need to open up. We need people that need to come back to work. And we're, we're, in, the, we're in the process of concerned about do we have to shut everything down again? Go online. The Proud Boys now have a logo saying, stand down, but stand by. We've just learned that California will develop a detailed plan for reparations under new law just signed by Governor Newsom. This makes California the first state to mandate a study of how it can make amends for its role in the oppression of black people. There are thousands of people standing close to each other now. support you and then Chris Wallace says don't do that that's not can you believe this guy I was debating two people last night here we go Thursday edition of VB in the middle on AM 680 WRKO we got a lot planned for today's show as you heard in the intro Gavin Newsom at it again uh, apparently the wildfires are under control out there, Lightning. I've never heard a follow-up on that. Once Trump left California, there's been no more talk of the wildfires. The best is yet to come. Like, it's just, oh, my God. I, I guess the wildfires I just think of that immediately. I don't know. I saw shots <laughs> yesterday of, like, this famous restaurant in the Napa Valley that burned down. Mm. Awful. But, but we're on to reparations. It's like the Bill Belichick thing. What about the wildfires? Yeah, we're on to reparations. So we'll get to that. In just a few short minutes here at AM680 WRKO. It is a big boy Thursday. Tom Shattuck will join us in the one o'clock hour as well. We got to talk about coronavirus. Did you hear in the intro? Subtle lightning, but not. <clears throat> Marty Walsh just sort of slipped in there at the end. I mean, and people are talking about another shutdown. They are? Actually, yes, they are. And. Is this inevitable? Is this going to happen is the question. Because the only thing between you and that is Charlie Baker. And how long is Charlie going to hold out? We'll, we'll get into that in the 1 o'clock hour with Shattuck. New feature on the show, Lightning. Yes. Coming up at 1 o'clock on the program. I, I don't know if you know this, Lightning, but today is the 96th birthday of the oldest uh, ever living president. Jimmy Carter is 96 years young mm. today. My daughter, who is nine, Eleanor, uh, her and I like to work on educating Ella about our presidents. And so she has been researching Jimmy Carter because she came to me today and said, Dad, did you know it's Jimmy Carter's birthday today? So at one o'clock today, Ella is going to tell us five things about Jimmy Carter that she finds very interesting lightning. I bet you don't know anything about Jimmy Carter lightning. I bet you you're right. So Ella is going to try and educate you and see if she piques your interest in the man that otherwise you would have no interest in. We'll do that at 1 o'clock. Um, in the 2 o'clock, Lightning and I have had major arguments today. <laughs> because why? It is October 1st, and that means we got to go over the sound bites of the month for September. And Lightning and I do not see eye to eye at all about yep. what the five best sound bites of the month are. 
And in the first time ever, Lightning, I believe, we've been doing this for a couple of years, first time ever you were forced to change the intro. Yeah, not happy about that. No, I'm fine. <laughs> you were forced. I, I say that like I'm a distant spectator of the yeah. thing. Lightning was forced to change the intro, apparently. Yes. <laughs> it wasn't me that forced her. No, no, she was forced. Yeah, I was forced. I mean, I could have just left it as is and then just... It, so you may I, have for all I mean, I know. we'll see if you notice, but we'll see. Well, it's a guessing game. <clears throat> so... <laughs> You'll find out in the 2 o'clock hour whether I am yeah. right or Lightning is right I about think, what the five best sound bites of the month I, were. I really think we should take a vote. I think once we, <laughs> we present each one and then we take a vote, and I may or may not bring in Suck Up Dave as well to vote on this. Because I feel he's a pretty good one confident. to vote on this, though. He is, because he's interested in both of those sound bites. Well, I feel pretty confident that people are going to like whatever it is we go with. I don't think that you can lose here. So yeah. that's that's the good They're news. They're both so good. That's, that's some of what's coming up. Can I start here, Lightning? It is October 1st. That puts a smile on my face. Yes, Why? because your favorite month is October, or I should really clarify, your favorite uh, holiday is in this month, and that is Halloween. Well, it's the same, right? I mean, Halloween is a month, and it should be. It should culminate with trick-or-treating on October 31st, it's of course, but there should be a month-long celebration of this great thing. I don't think you're – I think my dad would completely agree with you because he loves Halloween as well. Who does? What kind of communist doesn't? He loves – it's his favorite holiday. He he gets so excited, and then if there's no trick-or-treaters or there – so he's going to be pretty bummed this year because the whole COVID thing. So he's going to be pretty bummed out about it. We've got the Halloween advent calendar up. We've got the Switch Witch up. we got the Halloween decorations going I up. saw it. we got a lot of things happening in the house. Did you see in Rhode Island last night, yes, uh, Lightning? The governor of Rhode Island said trick-or-treating will go on. And then she said how it should go on. Like, they are now micromanaging that. Because, of course, this is what we do. Here's how you are to trick-or-treat. Did you see this? I've only seen the CDC guidelines. I haven't seen Rhode Island. Well, Island's. here's Governor Raimondo's guidelines. Because, okay, yes, I guess we need these things. She didn't put them in, a, like, a one, two, three order or whatever. Trick-or-treating is okay as long as it's in a small group. Now, I don't know what number that is, sure. but apparently, you know, just your family. Let's sure, why not? Also, we'd like people to be wearing masks. Yes, you heard me. The governor said trick-or-treaters should wear cloth masks. The answer is no, governor. They're not going to wear masks because they're outside and they're in a small group. Why would they need to wear masks? But apparently, according to her, they need to wear masks. They need to wash hands frequently. They shouldn't be out for long. And here's the key one for you, Lightning. Okay. Any house party that has more than 15 people in it will immediately be fined $500 on a home. Boo. Pun intended. Then she goes further and says there will be no Halloween festivities for college kids. Yeah, good luck with that one. <laughs> college kids are out of control in Rhode Island. I... They've had a, a yeah. small spike in cases because the kids are back and kids aren't listening. And she announced a an adult, a young adult task force that will be charged with encouraging safer behavior among college students, including masks, social distancing, washing, all the stuff we do that kids don't listen to. But apparently yeah, they're are... going to listen to some some snot nosed peer. Oh, yeah, because that's what that's the student everybody <laughs> exactly. loves. Everybody yeah. loves that. Yeah, I wasn't going to listen to the governor, but you, Johnny, yeah, listen. got it.
Listen, Roger, get out of here, okay? Before pound sand, okay? Like, come on, are you real? I, good. I, I would hate to be the one tasked with that. I, I would purposely do it. take off my mask when I'm around that person. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one's gonna do. Nobody that. likes that all... person. Nobody... But this is what happens when you become addicted to micromanaging. <laughs> you rule on. We've all been there with our parents. Like, oh, seriously, you're gonna do this, Dad? You're gonna tell me what angle my Farrah Fawcett poster should be? Like, cut the crap. Back off, and that's what's going is on that now. The, is that the decision, that argument you've had in the past? Clearly. Hypothetically. Okay. All right. Oh, fair or false, poster. Don't pretend you and your dad weren't discussing that Scott Bayo poster you had, Lightning. Scott Bayo? Who the hell is Scott Bayo? I don't even know who Scott Bayo is. <laughs> who the hell you're is really, Scott Bayo? You're, you're really dating yourself here. JT? You Can we yeah, go that's JT a bit, That's you? more appropriate. D- Justin Timberlake poster, maybe a Zac Efron poster, you know. Who is Scott Bayo? Do you know how much that hurts Scott Bayo? <laughs> Oh my God! You I just know the name right where it hurts. I, I know the name. Absolutely horrific! <laughs> wow, that was a knockdown drag out. Can we do this Ooh, quickly? Kaylee McEnany just yeah. gave a uh, press briefing at the White House, and she had a couple of tete-a-tetes with the media, and I thought these were fantastic. One. She was asked about Trump constantly interrupting during the debate and whether or not that was a good look. Here's what her answer was. I think this is great. All of this country. We're not having a debate on a case. You're, 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 you're right now you saying that he condemns it. I have his record right here. You need to let me finish. His record is quite nice. funny that the media goes haywire about interrupting in debates and then chooses to pursue that very same tactic themselves. This is a White House briefing. You ask a question and you give me time to answer. Amen. Thank you. Like, that was good. You, that was you good. don't care about this stuff. You don't follow it that much. I don't care whether you love Kaylee McEnany, you hate Kaylee McEnany, you don't even, you think she's Scott Bayo. I don't care if you know who she is. How awesome is that moment? Is that in Sound Bites of the Month? Because it should be. Oh, I guess that's for this month. Yeah, we're, we're starting a new month now, so maybe. Maybe it'll make October. We'll see. The reporter, I, I don't know who that one is. But she is complaining to Kaylee McEnany about how Trump kept interrupting and what a bad look it was and how it really did a disservice for the American people who were trying to watch a presidential debate. And as Kaylee McEnany is trying to answer it, not once, not twice, but thrice there, she did it once before, too. She interrupts her. Give me that one more time, just because it's so awesome. I can't answer. All of this country. We're not having a debate on a case. You're, 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 you're right now you saying that he condemns it. I have his record right here. You need to let me finish. His record it's is nice. quite funny that the media goes haywire about interrupting in debates and then chooses to pursue that very same tactic themselves. This is a White House briefing. You ask a question and you give me time to answer. Boom. Paula Reed. Oh, I'm sorry. What did you say, Dave? I believe it's Paula Reed. Paula Reed was there the one go. she was going with. Yeah. Is that not a mic drop? That is. Boom. Done. <laughs> Mic drop. That's it. Boom. I've always said from the beginning, I don't understand how White House press briefings have gotten to this point. When Kaylee McEnany took over, when Sarah Huckabee Sanders took over, even when the mooch was there for five seconds, on day one as White House press secretary, I would come out and say, look, happy to do this, happy to take the questions. You may not always like my answers, but we'll do this thing. Here's the ground rules. You ask a question, I will answer it. If you interrupt me during my answer, that is the end of the discussion, period. Second of all, when I call on you, you get one question. End of discussion. Next. And that's it. There has to be rules. They have to be treated like the children they are. If 
if the debate commission is going to treat Trump like the child that he acted like, well, then why shouldn't Kaylee McEnany treat the media like the children they are every single day? That was fantastic. Round of applause for Kaylee McEnany right there. Absolutely loved it. You know the only thing missing, Lightning? The only thing missing was her saying to Paula Reed, will you shut your mouth, man? That would have been a nice touch. All right, when we come back, let us talk reparations because California is talking reparations. I'll tell you what they're up to, and I'll get your reaction to it when we return right here on RKO. All right, let's talk about it. The R word, reparations. Reparations. Why are we talking about it? Because Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, has formed a committee, a commission, a panel to constitutionally, California Constitution, uh, now mandated to investigate, look into, and decide what best is next when it comes to the issue of reparations. It's a nine-person task force, Lightning. Going to be appointed by the governor and legislative leaders, so I'm assuming there'll be a lot of Republicans on that task force. Bueller? Bueller? Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, one of the things about when you when you put a panel together to decide what what the issues are surrounding a topic and then what should be done as a result of it. Could could we maybe have some dissenting opinions? Does anybody believe that anybody appointed to that commission is going to be against reparations? So it's like, never mind packing the court. How about packing this panel? It's going to be nine people that are like, not only should there be reparations, but here's how. Here's what they are asked to do, Lightning. Here we go. Okay, I'm ready. Conduct a sweeping examination of slavery in California and the U.S. broader and explore the lasting consequences of discrimination against freed slaves and their descendants. How how did slavery benefit private and public institutions, and then how did it contribute to the problems facing modern America? Disparities related to wealth, education, and employment, health, and incarceration. Here's the key part of this. The law signed yesterday by Governor Newsom does not explore how reparations should be paid, and it does not dictate how the state should determine who would qualify for reparations. Those questions will be up to the task force to to study and recommend. If and when the task force gives recommendations, the California Assembly would then need to pass a new bill implementing what was recommended and they'd need to do it in legal form etc etc but they don't say how reparations should be paid and they don't say how people would qualify for reparations they just say we got to get on with this we got to start this discussion and we got to start this process moving forward so here's my question for you number one reparations yay or nay i'm fairly confident that most of you are nay on that but let's have at it Number two, see if you can tell me a problem or two that might come as a result of this, where they're trying to fix a problem, but it might then lead to other problems. 617-266-6868. And then here's my bonus question, and I'll start with you on this lightning. What? In the next 10 years, do you believe reparations will be paid to African Americans in this country? 
I uh I fear it will. Yeah, I think so. I don't necess- I don't agree with it. I don't uh but you know what it's a touchy subject, but I think it will. I think they I, I think somehow, some way this will start happening. Can I present a scenario? Okay, you? go ahead. Joe Biden wins the White House. Democrats win the Senate by one, two people, whatever. Mm-hmm. California's panel puts forth their par their recommendations on reparations, and they say one, two, three, and four. Can you not envision a scenario quickly where Joe Biden says, like what they're talking on the state level, let's do that federally? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, th- I, mean, I, I think anyone uh, yeah. who thinks it's out of the realm of possibility is crazy. I think it's and possible. anyone that thinks that, you know, there isn't a scenario where the control could be such that that can't be stopped is also crazy. I don't know a Democrat that's against it. And so this is I, I would be shocked if in either debate number two, which is usually mostly about foreign policy, it's more likely a topic for debate number three. Mm-hmm. This has to come up next week in the vice presidential. Kamala Harris is from California. You would hope it comes up. Is the I would be shocked in, if it wasn't. Is the topics out on that? Do we know what the topics are for the vice president? No, vice president just covers everything. Okay, all right. But but again, so I asked you, you know, tell me if you can see what some of the problems might be here. Can I suggest one lining? Mm-hmm. Kamala Harris. Go on. Well, Kamala Harris is, I don't want to argue whether she's African-American or not. I don't want to argue have that whether conversation she's black. Again. But what I would tell you is I would think by most metrics that California would pass, I would think she would qualify for reparations. But what do we know about her lineage? They own slaves. It wasn't in the United States, but they own slaves. So what are you going to do there? That's a good question. I don't know. That's a good question. If you think she's unique, you don't know your history. This is one of the things. Like It's always nice to go, here. this group bad. This group pays for everything. The problem is it's way more complicated than that. Way more complicated than that. Deep dive into everybody's history in terms of, okay, so now there's going to be exemptions in terms of, okay, well, you did qualify, but since your family did own slaves at one point, now you're disqualified. Is that, I mean, what are we doing here? 617-266-6868. Let's go to the phones quickly. Nick and Weymouth, start us off here on RKO. Hey, uh, Gavin Newsom, a lunatic, by the way, he's from the mighty state of California, which probably should be made a territory again. But what should happen there is how about the descendants of Chinese people who were brought here as slaves to build the railroads? What, what reparations are they getting? Because that that actually happened. All right. And I'm with you, VB. I, I, I thought it before you said it, Kamala Harris. Well, I, well, guess what? So what are we, are we going to go to DNA? Because there's probably people that look whiter than her that probably have more black DNA than she does. So how do you trace that back? Also, too, does everybody have a paper trail back to the sharecroppers and before that, the slaves that, the, that their ancestors were? I don't know about that either. Well, here's the big thing. The, the Hispanic pop in 20 years. The, the black population has increased no more than 3.88%. That's it, right? I would say that uh, the lifestyle and also the uh, magnitude of abortions uh, and, and with respect to, to black people, 22 million, has hurt that population increase. They are no longer the second 
minority, excuse me, the second population yeah. in the United yeah. States. That happens to be the Hispanics, who in the same amount of time have increased 48%. What I'm saying is they need to do this now because their shelf life is running out. What I mean by that is I know, no I know really what you mean, Nick. Care. I don't think so. I don't think it's ever going to run out, quote-unquote. I think it is inevitable that at some point – I don't think we're at the you know the bottom of the iceberg, if that's such a phrase. I think this yeah. is a continual – it's like a prop two-and-a-half thing. They just keep coming until they finally get the override, and I think this is how this is going to be as well. 617-266-6868, I appreciate the call, Nick. More of your thoughts when we come back. It's VB. You're in the middle on RKO. My nine-year-old daughter, in 10 minutes, is going to try and get Lightning interested in something that Lightning is not interested at all in. That would be the man who has his birthday today, 96 years young, Jimmy Carter. My daughter's history lesson on Jimmy Carter for Lightning in just 10 minutes. In the meantime, we're talking about reparations out of California. buddy of mine's texting me Lightning during the break, said, Look, my parents came from Ireland 60 years after slavery was gone. And I live in a state that banned slavery in the 1700s. What part of responsibility do I bear and how much should I contribute to the fund? This is one of the things. And also, if they came from Ireland, I can assure you that in this town, they were treated pretty damned harshly for quite some time. Everybody that's grandparents came or great-grandparents came to Boston or came through New England had to deal with no Irish need apply. Now, is that a thing or no? And and the answer is no, it isn't. There's no, you know, there's no PC motivation behind that. There never will be, et cetera. And there is no comparison to what the Irish had to put up with and what African-Americans went through. What there is, however, is there is a series of immigrant populations that came to this country legally, illegally, however, that had to deal with ridiculous hardships and had to deal with a system that was keeping them down. And the idea that, you know, oh, just this one's going to get something, however, is does that seem right to anybody? Also, Lightning, can I ask you this? Let's say you, you're on the panel and you say, yeah, you know what? I think there needs to be some sort of uh, reparations here. This, what was done was just so egregious, so outrageous. And even though it wasn't, you know, us particularly that did it, we benefited. How are you going to come up with a dollar figure on that? And, and how, how large a figure is it going to be? I mean, I just, I don't know how you would ever do this, but what they're going to do, they're just going to come out with a figure, and then that figure will grow and grow as the discussion goes and goes, and it's going to be staggering. You'll see. I mean, the good news is that California is actually doing this, because you're now going to have some tangible numbers that you can look at and go, wow, wow, because it is going to be a wow, I can assure you. 617-266-6868. Kevin's in the car. Kevin, you're next on RKO. Hey, VB. I can solve this problem in a minute. The Republicans, the conservatives, they fell into this trap of the Democrats. Just throw money at it. Money is not going to solve it. I grew up in Franklin. We named the town after Ben Franklin. We went there for money. He gave us books. The knowledge was the message was that knowledge is more valuable. What we ought to be doing is saying that nobody alive was a slave. Nobody alive owned a slave. But there are institutions that owe their existence to slavery. Those are Ivy League colleges. So if I'm president and I want to get ahead of Biden in California, my proposal would be for the next 25 years, Ivy Leagues educate any black person who wants to go to college free. Don't pass the cost on to other people. Eat it. you got these billion-dollar endowments. Use them to solve this problem. 
And if you went to an Ivy League school, you're going to pay a reparations tax because you personally benefited from slavery. That's why all the blue buds and a lot of the politicians went to school. How do you like my solution? I, well, I, I don't like it, obviously. However, what it does is it shows you how... So are we going to micromanage reparations the way we're micromanaging coronavirus, for example? Because if we are, then what you just proposed is what's going to happen, Kevin. Let me let you go because there's a lot of feedback coming down your phone. But that, that is what would happen. You would, some government panel is going to dictate to what corporation they don't like that they're going to write a check for X amount. They're going to tell a college, here's what you have to do for the next 30 years to make this right. As if somehow you can make something like this right, by the way, and that a check, you know, evens the ledger. Also, when doing that, you do understand that there have been things that this country has done to try and make up for the loss and to try and make up for the sin. For example, when it comes to colleges, there has been a thing for a number of years called affirmative action. Now, does that factor in in any way when you're coming up with a reparations figure to say, well, the number would have been this, but then affirmative action was done, so we're going to take away this much? Like, is there going to be any sort of thing like that? Where How could you possibly calculate? What dollar figure could you put on affirmative action? This stuff isn't quantifiable. You, it's just a, it's a lost effort right from the start, and it's a rabbit hole from which you'll never come out of. Michael's in Medford. Michael, you're next on RKO. Hey, uh, three points and then a, a solution for you, BB. First of all, I agree with you. Uh, you know, we don't get any credit for affirmative action and all the wonderful programs that we have come up with in the last 40, 50 years to help uh, that community out. Secondly, I did watch Kamala Harris. I was flying home from Los Angeles, and they had her on. This is back in January when she was running. They had her on a town hall, and I tried to give everybody time and, and, and hear them out. Where she lost me was two things. She did say that she was um, she thought we should strongly look at reparations, which is you know a very diplomatic presidential candidate way of saying she's in favor of it. Um, and then the other thing I would say to you is that. Um, the president, the former owner of BET Network, I don't know if you remember yes. the story from a few months yep. ago. Yeah, yep. he came out with his own study and said we should get a, we should give each African American three hundred and fifty thousand um, dollars, which would be enough for a home and to start a business. And then, in his opinion, in his words, he said that will make it right. My solution is: you are talking about how do you determine who's relatives of slaves? I think if Biden wins, they'll appoint Elizabeth Warren to come up with a genealogy test called. Slavery and I knew she was going to work her way into this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Michael. I appreciate it. I, again, never mind Elizabeth Warren. We'll get to the Obamas now. Like, again, we've been over this with the heritage of the Obama family. And so what would you do in that circumstance? 350000 there is no way that's going to be the number. It will be way. I think a million dollars is the baseline from California. Call me. We'll see. But I think that's what's going to be your baseline. And when you start multiplying that by the, the number of people that we're talking about, and then what you would have to do to qualify, like what you would have to prove and what you would have to show, I, I God knows how this thing's going to go, but we'll see. 617-266-6868. Uh, Swedish Steve is on the line, and Swedish Steve always has good insights in these things. Hey, Swedish Steve. Hey, buddy. How are you? Um, the, just the fact that you'd be issuing people money, whether it be federal or state, based on the status of race, is unconstitutional facially. It gets no further than the California State Supreme Court. If it does, it gets struck down by the federal courts and the SCOTUS because it's unconstitutional to issue money to people based on race. 
That's why we base it on affirmative action. There's no money actually goes to the individual. It goes to the, you know, you get a position in the school, but you don't get any mm-hmm. funding. You don't pay taxes on the fact that you got a scholarship or you got into a school. It, it, that's just a benefit. The, the idea of issuing a check from the state of California or the federal government to a person based on their race is ludicrous. It violates the Civil Rights Act. It, it's insane to even have this discussion. So this reparations talk is just liberal Steve. psychobabble. And oh, okay. somebody who was the attorney general of California. Okay. But I would, I would go along with that, Steve. Except that, let me put you in the Wayback Machine. Uh, you and I are having a radio conversation 10 years ago, and I say to you, Swedish Steve, I've looked into my crystal ball, and you know what's going to happen in 2018? Massachusetts is going to issue driver's licenses where people can put an X in the gender box, your gender X. And Swedish Steve would have said to me, yeah, that ain't happening. But guess what's happened? Like, crazier things have happened. Hey, whenever you not, think it can't happen, not, it can. That's but that's not unconstitutional. Like the Constitution and the and you can't base payments or any federal benefit I, on race. Those are I hear you saying that, but I think you can. And I think this will constitutional. How uh, with this Supreme Court? How? Well, that's how that's one trick. That is one trick. However, um, it's a trick. It's the law, BB. We 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 decided that because Gavin Newsom okay, is crazy. We're gonna now I'm going to sound like I'm Don Lemon here, but you do understand there is a mechanism to change the Constitution. I don't. I don't think it's out of the realm gonna, of possibility that this will happen. You're going to rewrite the yes. Civil Rights Act of 1967 and 68. Oh, you think that's out of? Include, you think that's crazy? It's never going to happen. Also, because like the last caller said, the Hispanics are going to put a kibosh on that. What? What? what the, and we've talked about this before. The, the African-Americans are being 100 percent foolish with this because the Hispanic population is sitting back, building political power and waiting to unleash it. And if you think they're going to sit around and have their tax dollars go to pay a different ethnic group, you're out of your mind. I it's think that's the interesting. Happen. I look. I do. I think that is that you're on that point. I think is better than your first one, only because well, I think you're crazy. You, you can disagree with me, but have any uh, attorney call or anyone who knows what they're talking about. This okay, I know, but you keep acting like Steve. You keep acting like the world is static and it's never going to change. I think you've seen in 2020 that crazy things are happening. We are actually having a legitimate discussion, quote unquote, legitimate discussion about defunding the police. How the hell is that happening? But it is happening. So we've seen what woke world can do, and I don't know why you would think this one's so crazy. All right, I gotta hold you. I gotta hold everybody. Stay on the line if you want. We'll get to this in, a, in another fifteen minutes. My daughter is ready. I'm looking at her list. She's gonna educate Lightning on Jimmy Carter. We'll do that. When we come back first to sixty second check of headlines right here on RKO. Hello, my little friends. Laying down millions of dollars to open school. We have businesses on the verge of bankruptcy. We have restaurants that need to open up. We have hot venues that need to open up. We need people that need to come back to work. And we're, we're, in, the, we're in the process of concerned about, do we have to shut everything down again? Go online. The Proud Boys now have a logo saying, stand down, but stand by. We've just learned that California will develop a detailed plan for reparations under new law just signed by Governor Newsom. This makes California the first state to mandate a study of how it can make amends for its role in the oppression of black people. There are thousands of people standing close to each other now. 
WRKO. It is a big boy Thursday. Tom Shattuck going to join us in just about 15 minutes. You heard Marty Walsh at the end of his little soundbite in the intro there talk about a possible shutdown again. Been hearing that a lot lately from political leaders. Are we inevitably headed towards another shutdown? We're going to talk to Shattuck about that in just a second. Before we do that, however, we would be remiss if we didn't wish former President Jimmy Carter. He was the 39th president of these United States, if you didn't know, Lightning. It is his 96th birthday today. We wish Jimmy Carter a happy birthday. Now, for those of you that don't know, uh, I obviously have four children. My oldest is my daughter, Eleanor. And one of the things I've been doing with Ella over the last year, although she's been a little lax of late and working on this, but we've been uh, working together on projects about the president so that she can learn a little bit about these people and who they were. We're doing, we're working on the top five, the first five presidents anyway. We're in the middle of Jefferson as we speak. Louisiana Purchase Lightning, you should look into that. Now, because she came in today and said, Dad, did you know it's Jimmy Carter's birthday? I said, I didn't. Do you know anything about Jimmy Carter? And we got to working on it. My daughter, Eleanor, is here. Say hi, Ella. Hi, everyone. And you've got a list of the five things you've learned about Jimmy Carter, right? Yep. I sure do. Right in front of me. You ready to go with this thing? Yeah, but I've got a Zoom meeting in 10 minutes, so let's get going. <laughs> okay. It's my, hey, let's go. All right. Good Lightning. Job. If I said to you, Lightning, give me your five favorite things about Jimmy Carter, could you do it? No. And do you have any interest in Jimmy Carter? Not really. Let's see if Lightning, uh, <laughs> let's see if your mind can be swayed by okay. my daughter, right. Eleanor, because she now is into Jimmy Carter. All right. Ella, give us the first thing you learned about Jimmy Carter. He was a peanut farmer. He was a peanut farmer, Lightning. I do like uh, peanut butter, so I'm, I'm listening. <laughs> Did you know that we had a president that was once a peanut farmer? It sounds familiar. Not only was it a peanut farmer, but in this, you know, the 1970s, not the uh, right. 1790s. Ella, the second thing you learned about Jimmy Carter. He was actually once attacked by a rabbit. Ooh. Come on, Lightning! <laughs> this, this is true. He was in a it. boat down in Georgia fishing and a swamp rabbit. Did you know there was such a thing as swamp rabbit? No, a swamp rabbit. Yes, a swamp rabbit attacked his boat and Jimmy Carter had to fend it off with an oar. Yikes. Come on, how has that movie not been made? Or how is that not the name of a band? Jimmy and the Swamp Rabbits. I mean, come on. Ella, number three. He claims he's seen a UFO. All right, now I'm intrigued. Come on, Lightning. Yes, that, that is actually true. It was before he was president, Lightning, but in Georgia, he actually filed a report that he had seen, an, uh, he had officially seen a UFO. When he became president, by the way, he said he was going to release all documentation pertaining to UFOs. And then when he got in there, they said, yeah, actually, you're not going to do that. There's national security concerns. And he said, okay, we're not doing that. But... That's how into UFOs he was. At least so. he probably found out some information that he was personally interested in when it comes to UFO sightings. Which is what we would all do if we were president. Yes. That's what Trump did, yes. as a matter of fact. Number four, Ella. 
His brother was named after a beer company. Well, no, a beer company named a beer after him, right? Well, yeah, it was called Billy Beer. Billy Beer Lightning. You ever had a Billy Beer? Mm-mm, can't say I have. Yeah, you have to. When Jimmy Carter was president, I was Myella's age. Billy Beer was a huge phenomenon at the time, Lightning, because this was before the era of everyone's out to make a buck and everybody does celebrity endorsements or whatever. And the idea that a brother of a president would have a cheap Southern beer with his name emblazoned on it, and he was actually, like, in ads for the thing, chugging Billy Beer. It was a thing, and the cans are actually... They're not worth that much, but they're collectibles. Anyone that collects they're beer really cans. Cool. They look like a carnival. They're really cool. They look somewhat like a carnival. Like whenever you go to the tickets, they have that fancy writing on it. That looks technically how it is on the can. And Lightning Ooh. has a beer blog. Shouldn't she have a review of Billy Beer? Yes, she definitely should. <laughs> the can, I searched it out earlier. I think it looks really cool. And now I want one for my birthday, and I'm not even a collector. And I don't know that we need to start down that road either. So, <laughs> All right, that's four. What is the fifth and final thing Lightning needs to know about Jimmy Carterella? He had a pet Siamese cat that was living in with him during as he was president in the White House, and its name was Misty Malarkey Yin Yang. <laughs> <laughs> See, I got a bone to pick with. I'm not big on the, the multiple names of cats. That's, that's but... a mouthful. That is a lot. Misty Malarkey Yin Yang Lightning. I don't think I've ever heard a cat's name so long. That is quite interesting. I don't know. What what, what kind of cat was it? A Siamese cat. Oh. Yeah, I don't know how they came Not up with favorite. the name. Maybe I... it was black and white because then it's like Misty. Because black and white things are normally named either Misty or Malarkey. And black and white is actually a symbol in China of peace. So they probably combined all the names together and then named the cat, Misty Malarkey Yin Yang. I don't know if any of what I she said know. is true, Lighting. I also don't know that the Carters spent a lot of time. I, I have no idea, actually, how that came to be. But they did have a cat in the White House. I didn't know that was the full name, but there you go. Well, there I did not know that he had a cat, and I certainly did not know that it was named that. So here's the key question, Lightning. Did Eleanor in any way pique your interest in Jimmy Carter? It was good for the 10 minutes, and then that's all I need to know. I don't need to go and watch a movie about him. Or I, She gave me the info I need. What more do I need to know? She says she doesn't need any more than those five facts, Ella. Does that make sense? Nope. There's a gazillion other really cool facts about Jimmy Carter. All right. Well, don't go look at him now because you've got a Zoom meeting, so get back to school, all right? Yep. Thanks, Ella. Bye, everyone. See you another day. <laughs> there you go. Well, Eleanor's five learning. fun facts about Jimmy Carter. I'm glad she's learning and she can teach me a couple of things, but I don't think I need to know any more than that. Well, you need one more, Lightning. She's What's out of the room, so she couldn't have this one on her list, and I couldn't tell her. But okay. You know what What I always think of when I think of Jimmy Carter? <laughs> tell me. This was so oh, ridiculous. It's, I, again, I was Ella's age, and I remember at the time hearing this and going, what the hell is wrong with that guy? Jimmy Carter, when he was president, gave an interview to Playboy magazine. That in and of itself was interesting because Jimmy Carter was, you know, 
He was not like Mr. Sexy President, number one. Number two, he was like the opposite of what you would think of with Playboy magazine. But Playboy magazine at the time was a big deal. Yeah. And Playboy did have that reputation. Look, we don't – We I actually read them for the articles. People yeah, they, would say that. that. that that's and, always interesting to me. Like, really? They try to do serious articles in Playboy. Well, they did, though, at the time. I, I know they did, but, I mean, the combination's interesting. So Jimmy Carter gave a lengthy interview to – Playboy magazine, I think it was in 77, mm-hmm. and one of the things that he mentioned or brought up almost on his own, which was the most ridiculous thing ever, but because it was Playboy magazine, yeah. Jimmy Carter apologized to Playboy magazine because he had lusted in his heart for other women besides his wife. Okay. So yeah. you were basically saying, no, yeah, I got to watch myself. Never mind. He Come was, on. yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't want to general. No, I was about to say something probably insulting, so go ahead. But... Uh, what it means is he has eyes lightning. I was I mean, going to say, so you're basically Show a man me the guy that hasn't lusted yeah, after yeah, other women, you're a and man. I'll show you a guy who's lying. I mean, come on. You're a man, exactly. Come it's, on. What, it's, the man, it's the man that doesn't act on those things that you go, okay, hey, disciplined, understands the rules of was as at least in the 70s they pertained, and was trying to be a high moral character guy. But the idea that you would have, he was ahead of his time is what I'm telling you, because he was apologizing for something he had no business apologizing for. He was apologizing for a genuine human emotion, which is, that's a good looking woman right there. I got, oh, gee, I'm sorry, Jimmy. You're, you're now president. You can't think about women. Maybe he feels guilty about the things he thought about with that woman, okay? Like, not just like, oh, you're attractive, like, cool. Like, there's a step further. There's another step about fantasizing. Maybe that's what he's talking about. Well, all I'll tell you is it shows you how quickly things can change in in relative periods. (laughs) Because Jimmy Carter was president in 1976, and in 1996, Bill Clinton was president. And in that short period, (laughs) look at how the Oval Office changed. One guy was apologizing for lusting in his heart. The other guy was not apologizing for, yeah, you know, what that was all about. See, the stuff about the personal relationships, that interests me the most than anything else that was just told to me. Well, he's, the oldest, he's the oldest ever living president, you know, ex-president yeah, in 96 yeah, yeah. now. Do you know how long he's been married to his wife? 70 years. I think it's more than wow, that, Wow, that's actually. amazing. I think next year is going to be their 75th anniversary, that's awesome. I think. That's but awesome. that, how crazy is that? that? That is crazy. I'm way interested in their personal relationships. That's what interests me the most about the human behavior and the interactions with others. I feel like you got to get a Billy beer can now. Do they even make them anymore? Well, they don't make the beer, but you can get the cans on eBay and whatever. Oh, they'll, making, that's, they'll run that's you like you five thing. or ten bucks. That's but, a you thing. That's but a I don't have thing. a beer blog. I mean, you well, know. I can't taste the beer. Why am I going to get the beer can? <laughs> work it around. Put in a little water. <laughs> no. Shake it around. Maybe there's no. some residue on the side. No, it's Slug nasty. it back. What could possibly go wrong? That's like nasty, that? and that's just clutter <laughs> in my house, so no. I bet for a large amount of money, you could get a still contains the contents. I mean, it'd be skunk to hide. Yeah, I don't think I'm doing that. <laughs> I was never a beer guy, but people in the time said that was cheap swill for what it's worth. It was a very low-rent beer, mm. if you follow. I don't know anything about it because I never had it, and I wouldn't know good beer from bad oh, beer. I'm looking at the can right now. Somebody sent me a picture on uh, on Twitter. Yeah, it's not a bit. Ba- I mean, it's very 70s. It's very – that's if I had a picture of beer in the 70s, that's it. That's it. That's it, that's it right there. Jimmy Carter was from Georgia, and – 
just in general in the 70s, if you said a guy had a brother in Georgia, Billy Carter would be the guy you would think of because that's who Billy Carter was. And his brother was the president. They couldn't have been different, more different. It's like Roger Clinton and Bill Clinton, except they were stepbrothers or half-brothers. But anyway, 617-266-6868. There's the history lesson from my daughter, Ella. When we come back, another guy who could learn a lesson or two from my daughter, Tom Shattuck of the Lowell Sun will join us. We're going to talk Corona. We'll do it when we return on RKO. All right, we're going to talk coronavirus in just a second, but I gotta, I gotta just take a pause here. I don't know. Sometimes these things hit me, and I let them roll off my back, and other times they don't. I don't let them roll off my back. But I told you in the first hour, Kaylee McEnany had a pretty fiery uh, half-hour press briefing around noon, a little before noon, and she had a number of things to say. One was a pretty good mic drop, ripping, interrupting media members who rail against Trump interrupting, etc., etc., and I thought that was really good. But there was another moment there, and let me know when you have it, Lightning, because, all right, so I want to play this for you first, then I want to tell you what has been tweeted about this, because this is how stuff goes, and this is how, if the facts aren't what you want them to be, just ignore them and just go with what you want. Here is Kaylee McEnany talking about Amy Coney Barrett, the Supreme Court nominee, and Kaylee McEnany states she is a Rhodes Scholar and a reporter corrects her. Listen to what happens. um, I had a question about unemployment, but I first wanted to clean up something from your opening. You said Judge Barrett was a Rhodes Scholar. Um, I'm not sure that that's true. Um, I that's what I have right she here. She attended Rhodes College. She attended Rhodes College, College. So, so my bad. Very different thing. Yes. All right. Um, um. Okay, that's it. That's enough. So you hear you hear Kaylee McEnany say. Oh, that's what I had written here. And the guy says, no, she attended Rhodes College, R-O-H-D-E-S. And she says, oh, okay, she attended Rhodes College. My bad. The reason why I point this out is Josh Wingrove. He's the White House reporter for Bloomberg News. His take on this lightning is the following. This is what he tweeted a few minutes ago. She is also a Rhodes Scholar. In quotes, Trump's press secretary says Amy Coney Barrett, who did not receive a Rhodes Scholarship to study at Oxford, but instead instead received her B.A. from Rhodes College in Tennessee. What would be missing from his tweet on what happened, Lightning? The fact that she acknowledged that she had the incorrect information and said, my bad. It was clear. So if you look at the guy's. This is, again, this is the Bloomberg News guy. He puts that one out. Then you got to go down in a thread, which it doesn't even say thread. But two tweets later, he says, McEnany later acknowledged that she meant she went to Rhodes College and said my bad. But this is how these things go, where this one's pretty easy to see. It will forever be said that they lied about Amy Coney Barrett being a Rhodes Scholar. When... 30 seconds after that was said, they said, oh, my bad. You got me on that one, my bad. And they corrected it, which, by the way, just a quick tip for people. It's not the worst thing in the world to say my bad. It's actually pretty cleansing, and it's pretty good when you make a mistake and you're called on it. It's okay to acknowledge it, which Kaylee McEnany did. I don't know how that'll be received by the White House, by the way, because you don't always – Trump says never apologize for anything no matter what. 
But my bad, we could use a little more my bad in D.C. these days. But I'm just telling you, I'm just telling you that this is what happens now, Lightning, where, and this is the kind of thing that we are going to get hung up on. Again, for those that care, Amy Coney Barrett was not a Rhodes Scholar. She did go to Notre Dame Law School and is a professor there for what it's worth, but she wasn't a Rhodes Scholar. And you would know that if you watched the thing because Kaylee Magany said, oh, yeah, actually, no, my bad, it is Rhodes College, which is spelled the same as Rhodes Scholar, but it's not the same thing at all. It's like when somebody goes to, you know, night school at Cambridge College and tries to tell you they went to Harvard. Like, no, not not really. But she acknowledged it 30 seconds later, and yet the tweet is, yep, she tried to pass that one off. 617-266-6868. Tom Shattuck joins us, he of the Lowell Sun. It is a big boy Thursday. Uh, Shattuck, I don't know if you want to comment on that, or did you hear any of Kaylee McEnany today? Tom Shattuck, speaking of Rhodes Scholars, by the way. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, <laughs> It wouldn't allow you anyone for any reason. In COVID. Shattuck, you could have the coronavirus cure in England would be like, keep that guy out of here. Not that guy. It's uh, blasphemous. Uh, no, I didn't hear you hear Kaylee McEnany today. It's been a very busy day in the world of news. Quickly, Lightning, play Thank the you. other cut just for Shattuck's amusement because I want him smiling as we start this segment. Uh, this is Kaylee McEnany being asked about Trump interrupting so much during the debate. All in this country. We're not having a debate on a case. You're, you're, you're right now, you saying that he condemns it. I have his record right here. You need to let me finish. His record it's is mixed. quite funny that the media goes haywire about interrupting in debates and then chooses to pursue that very same tactic themselves. This is a White House briefing. You ask a question and you give me time to answer. Ooh. <laughs> exactly. Like it. How yeah, can you I not like that? I love it. I thought it was great. I think she is great. I think that these these people in the press pool in the White House are disgusting activists, and they're also you know simply TV stars. They should certainly yank the cameras from in there, um, and they're they're TV stars. I mean, they're more worried about the camera trained on them for their gotcha moment to hit Trump or just show that they're speaking truth to power because he's such a fascist, right? Yeah. An authoritarian. He's the authoritarian with the freest, most you know uh, critical press that I've ever seen. Six one seven two six six sixty eight sixty eight. Tom Shattuck is here. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about coronavirus, and it's a pretty simple question: Are we headed for a second lockdown? And does that make any sense to you? It's VB. You're in the middle here on RKO. <laughs> Tom Shattuck joins me here of the Lowell Sun. It is a big boy Thursday here on AM680 WRKO. Simple question for you, Shattuck. Are we headed for a second lockdown shutdown here in the Commonwealth? Jesus. <laughs> Are we headed for it? Um, uh, Here's God. why I ask, God, Shattuck, I hope- as, you, as you deliberate, I- okay? Here's Marty Walsh yep. yesterday talking about the fact that Boston is now in the red. You know, Charlie Baker has this map with the white, yellow, green, red, and if your state's in the red, I mean, your city, your town is in the red, ooh, you better watch out. And what the red means is you have eight cases per 100,000 people, and Boston has now crossed over into that threshold. So here's Marty Walsh sort of talking about that, and then notice the key line at the end. Laying down millions of dollars to open school, we have businesses on the verge of bankruptcy, 
We have restaurants that need to open up. We have odd venues that need to open up. We need people that need to come back to work. And we're, we're, in, the, we're in the process of concerned about, do we have to shut everything down again? Do we have to shut we, everything down again? Why would you be talking about that if it was at? not an no. option, right? Who is he yelling at, by the way? Why is he raising his voice? I don't want to hear about, you know, how somebody at BC was bad or, you know, this party or that party or the, the restaurant, you know, this, this, this guy named Soap Suds or whatever his name is, has a restaurant on Arlington Street. And that has, to, that has to close down because people are milling about in front of it. You know, over the weekend, last Friday night, there were thousands of people marching in the streets of Boston for Breonna Taylor. You know, the City Hall Plaza was packed while the speaker said the time for pre- peace is over. Screaming, no social distancing, screaming, the people around her not wearing masks, screaming, the time for peace is over. They, the, the, uh, the government spent millions of dollars arming the pigs in America, she said. You know, meanwhile, people were walking through town, not socially distancing, bleep, racist, bleep, police, bleep, racist, bleep, police, everywhere. And there was no, nobody got in trouble for that. Nobody yelled at anybody for that stuff. And there was no social distancing. But people meander in front of a restaurant or have a house party or, or college kids, oh, I can't believe it, party. And we're in trouble now. Now it's code red, the red zone for us. Yes. This is the most insincere crap in the world. No, I do not accept another lockdown. No, we do. Well, we don't have it yet. But a, here's okay, what I'm wondering. Here's what I'm wondering. You know, so Walsh sneaks that in there about a possible thing. Kurt Tony yesterday, the mayor of Somerville, tweeted out, it's insane that, you know, we're step two of phase three is going to start on Monday and Charlie is full steam ahead as if, because, you know, Charlie's so reckless, <laughs> this stuff. But Kurt Tony's criticizing him for going ahead with this while we have some sort of uptick in cases. I don't know who to believe on that, by the way. Do you know what the testing rate is currently, Shattuck? No, I don't know what the testing rate I is. I can tell you this. The death rate is way down. Well, that's number one. But number two is, according to Channel 5 today at noon, we are now at a 1% positivity rate. Now, I don't. maybe Channel 5 is wrong because I've seen other numbers that show a trend in September that has us up over mm-hmm. 4 or 5%, which is not true. But th- this, is, this is how this stuff goes. So if we're at 1%, why then is Seth Moulton tweeting today that coronavirus is out of control? Is it out of control at one percent? No, it's not out of control. That was in March. That would be considered in control, and this death rate would be considered miraculous. Let's open for business. Which March first? That's what we would have been saying. We have the stuff we need in case it surges back. We should open for business. And now the rules have just changed. And and they look. And Marty looks over and says, "Look at all their businesses going out of business here. You just strangled it. Look at the businesses failing." You strangled those businesses. You know, you're allowing businesses now to be open in December outside. Thanks so much. Geez, I can't understand why nobody's making a reservation for an office party on City Hall Plaza with 110-mile-an-hour gust winds. It's like, I, I, I've had enough of this crap. This is ridiculous. Well, here's, here's the third. These things always come in threes, right? So Walsh had that sneaky comment. Kurt Tony had in just right out there tweet. I also saw this tweet from a uh, an emergency room physician at Brigham and Women's, no less. Brigham and Women's, where they had a, hey, we got lax a little bit, and now we've got issues. But regardless, this guy has got a long, uh, Dr. Faust, by the way, uh, he's got a long thread on what's going on here and what he is seeing, and it ends this way. 
Quote, we need to ban indoor dining immediately. We need some other restrictions as well for a few weeks. And if we don't, a full shutdown may well become necessary. A full shutdown. Yeah, uh, no, no, thank you. It's so interesting. It's so interesting that the, the speculation that's involved in the spread and the, um, the deadliness of this, of this virus, you know, we're happy to gamble, even though we are far from having a great grasp of exactly what this thing is doing. Meanwhile, we know for sure that killing the economy kills the economy and jobs and businesses and livelihoods and lives. But that's not factored in at all. No, Dr. Faust, please. Well, no, I, don't, here's, I guess sure. here's where I'm going with this. Lightning's like, are we really going to talk about coronavirus again? I'm like, yeah, because this is coming. And there's, when they start the grumblings like this, there's a reason. They are laying the groundwork, Lightning. So what happens is when it ultimately happens, you're a little bit numb to it. You know, Walsh isn't going to come out today and say, hey, we're shutting everything down. But he, will, he may well do it in a month. And when he does, you will have heard about it enough times that you're like, oh, God, I knew this was coming. And that's how they do it. But are you, are you today in the place that you were in in March? In March, you were like, what the hell is this thing? Is this thing as crazy as they say? And is it going to do what it's going to do? And are we all vulnerable, whatever? Are you like that now? Or are you more like, I mean, I don't know what it does, but I do have a better idea of who's at risk, number one, uh, what steps we need to do to prevent ourselves from getting it, number two, and there's no need to flatten any curves right now because as far as I know, there's no hospitals that have seen any major uptick in patients coming in. Do you know of any, Shattuck? Uh, No. No. So isn't that the whole thing? Um... Yes, that is the whole thing. It was about it was about us being overrun, and then losing people in emergency rooms and intensive care units. Remember, we would we would be so swarmed by coronavirus uh, patients that not only would some of those die at a much higher rate than we've seen, but also other patients would die, die because they couldn't get care because the hospitals would be essentially shut down. Um, let me just see one of the recent tweets that Dr. Faust um, uh, retweeted. Trump can't denounce white supremacists because he is a white supremacist. If you still support him, you support white supremacy. Full stop. That's a retweet. Uh, what was retweeted by Dr. Faust? Yeah, thanks anyway, Dr. Faust. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, get a second well, opinion if you don't mind. But I don't, we need to get personal on Dr. Faust. Dr. Faust is in the medical profession. Okay, I want to hear from medical professionals. That's fine. And we can disagree with him, but it doesn't get, get nasty, Shattuck. Uh but what I'm telling you is, I don't understand. For example, Walsh, you, you referenced this lighting. Walsh, uh, you mentioned a Shattuck, excuse me. Walsh yesterday blamed the uptick in part on college kids. Well, can we talk about college kids for a second? What percentage of college kids that have tested positive for coronavirus have needed medical attention? Because to me, that seems rather important or significant, wouldn't it to you? If kids are getting this, but it is their their systems are handling it like a flu. Well, then this is a different thing than you have me believing. Right. And the only concern then of college kids would be if they somehow get back home to their parents or they see their grandparents or and we're back to that game. But if college kids are getting this and they're getting sick and they're pretty much being isolated on campus, is that the same thing? And so, in other words, if their case numbers are being factored in, 
but we have a pretty good handle on what's going on with their cases. Is it the same thing? And should that put a city or a town in the red? No, we should not. The cities and towns should not be in the red anymore. I don't understand why we're, we're acting as if this, these cases are the problem. You know what it is? It's just simply it's um, after the fact CYA. Because yeah, I think they, so. I think that's and, true. And I think there's a, there's a fear of, oh, my God, there's a monster at the door. And if I don't do something, he's going to get in and then I'm going to get blamed for it. And so we are just absolutely in constant fear of the sky falling here. But when everyone's looking around, they're like, I don't know, the sky isn't falling. I just don't understand, again, why in Massachusetts, say, outside of Boston, we would have to shut anything down when New Hampshire, for example, has almost nothing. How does it know the border between New Hampshire and Massachusetts? Why would that be the case? Anyway, your thoughts on coronavirus and if, do you believe that, say, by Thanksgiving, we will have either had or be in the middle of a second shutdown? Because there certainly seems to be a lot of grumblings about that right now. 617-266-6868. Your calls when we come back. And more with Shattuck on WRKO. So we're talking about coronavirus. There has been a lot of hints and grumblings in Massachusetts anyways about a possible second shutdown. I wish I was making this up. I am not. Tom Shattuck joins us at the Lowell Sun. Shattuck, one of the ironies in all of this, one of Mm -hmm. the people taking crap today is Marty Walsh. I mean, how is that? Walsh is the guy that just said, you know, we're not going forward like the rest of the state is right now because we're in the red and we got a, we got some concerns. We're not going to allow restaurants to have 10 people at a table anymore or at all. And And he's been like, he's been really restrictive on stuff. He's yet taking crap today because on the day that he announces that Boston is in the red, some students of Boston public schools are having their first day of in-person learning. And so people are like, how can you do that? And how can you allow that when you're acknowledging this, the, the city is in the red? Because apparently people want shutdowns like permanently until we get a vaccine, I guess. Right. Well, yes. And, and that's just performative. You know, he wants everybody to see, he wants you to see and everybody to see, um, you know, that he's acting and things are happening, but, this is completely uh, – this is backwards. So this is a, I just want to read you a small part of a, a very uh, respected doctor said in March. COVID-19 is a relatively benign disease for most young people and a potentially devastating one for the old and chronically ill, albeit not nearly as risky as reported. Given the low mortality rate among younger patients with coronavirus, zero in children 10 or younger among hundreds of cases in China – we need to divert our focus away from worrying about preventing systemic spread among healthy people, which is likely either inevitable or out of our control, and commit most, if not of our, not all of our resources towards protecting those truly at risk, which is people over 70 and uh, who have other, other things going on. That is your buddy back in March. That is Dr. Faust for Slate Magazine. He wrote that back in March. Yep. Now, what, what has happened since March? I think a lot March, of people have died. A I think we've had a yep many fewer, and he was saying back then that it's that the estimates, which back then were two million, are are fewer. What's happened back in March is we have a presidential race happening here, and we have doctors who are activists. I'm not saying he's one, even though his his uh, Twitter page would belie that. Um, but we have people in the healthcare community who are activists, 
And this is more about Trump than anything else now, and I'm, I'm convinced of it, because if not, then doctors would be running into the streets last Friday as City Hall Plaza was packed with people and saying, please save yourselves. Please or at the train station in Pennsylvania yesterday where Biden had tons of people just crowding around the platform so they could see him as he made like seven stops on a whistle stop tour like how and kaylee mcenany pointed that out today she's like you keep ripping us for having crowds at events and yet biden did it yesterday have you asked them about that yet i thought that was a pretty good point too she's taking a lot of crap but that's fair all right, let's go to the phone, 617-266-6868. Is it possible that we are going to actually have a second shutdown? Trisha's in Bill Ricca. Trisha, you're next on RKO. Hi, Evie. Can you Hi, hear Trisha. me? Yep, I got you. Hi. So I was just saying, if the college students, uh, I don't know why they went back to school. They know how to do online better than anybody. They should have stayed home. We all know what they do in college, the parties, the hooking up, whatever. And it's fine if that's a good year. And everyone deserves to have a great time in college. But this wasn't the year to send them back. And then they don't send back kindergartners. Like, it, they did it so backwards. Like Well, so, but you know the answer, Tricia. It's pretty simple. It's like, why is the NFL playing right now? Yeah, it's, it's all, all money. business. Yeah, it's all big. College is big business. And college can't charge the rates they charge if the kids aren't there. There's no way parents are going to do that. They're not going to pay that kind of money for not being there. So they have to do it in order to get the cash. I work in a little bar, and we've been shut down, and we're going to stay shut down until phase four. It's it's the little guys can't fight it. And that's why every big store, big box store has been open. It's all about money. It's such a farce. This whole thing is a yeah. farce, and people the, the media has made people so afraid. It's ridiculous. Every, I, I'm done with it. I'm so sick. <laughs> I appreciate the culture, and I get the frustration. Again, you're going to be reading about me in the paper. Uh, it's uh, for something other than that in positive news, I hope, of course. But I appreciate it, Tricia, <laughs> and I get your frustration because this is the thing. Like, we're, we all... Lightning, you go out every day. Not you don't go out partying, but you're you're traveling in the world. You're shopping. You're going to work. You're getting the gas. You're doing your thing. You're taking what limited restrictions you need to take. You're purelling. You're using your mask limitedly, and you're keeping your distance. And do you feel like as you're doing that, there is something lurking around every corner? Or do you feel like, I'm not even sure why we're doing this? I'm not thinking in my mind, oh, there's something lurking around every corner. I mean, I'm just kind of going through the motions and I'm just kind of being cautious, thinking, yeah, I don't want to get sick, but I'm not, you know, freaking out, if that makes sense. I'm not totally freaking out, as you say, as something lurking around the corner. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I, and, ahead, it's, great. it's just crazy, too. But, you know, I was, we were up in New Hampshire, the family and I, at this reenactment place. So, like, you know, it's 1704, and Thaddeus McKenzie is talking to us with a mask on. And, you know, 20 minutes later, we're at a a Wings restaurant, all sitting together having a good time. I mean, this the virus is either out there and killing, or it's not out there and killing, or we don't have a, a control over it. But I'm telling you, man, this is so much about politics now, and so much. Charlie Baker, last week, he was yelling at us. He's yelling. And then he spent the last four minutes of his presser Thursday yelling at President Trump. You know, the peaceful transfer of power yeah. is something that until now seemed to be. And then he said, 
that's it, and goodbye, and he shook his head. God, I'm so this is all performance art about Trump, about politics, and it, it's it's just ridiculous at this point. And the, the the problem is is that once these idiots get voted out of office, de Blasio down there and everybody we have up here, these businesses still will be in ruins because of it. People's lives are, are done. People have had to drain whatever they had left of their 401k, and people have had to you know do what they can to defer mortgages and just try to hang on for a little bit. And for what? Why? Florida, who Baker and, and Cuomo are thrilled to diss, Florida is open for business. Well, here's what I don't get. Here's what I don't get, Shattuck, is that what is the problem right now? So we're told we have to consider at least shutting down or slowing down. One of the reasons, apparently, is college students. But we don't get real facts on college students. We just said told college students. Another guy, the medical professional that Shattuck loves, says we got to shut down indoor dining immediately. Now, do we have factual evidence that indoor dining is causing coronavirus spikes? Do we know anything about that? No. I, I, we heard about one case on the Cape that was actually a party of restaurant workers. It wasn't actually a restaurant, you know, sort of, uh, pat- uh, you know, patron came in, right. got everybody sick and left. This was a gathering of restaurant workers at a separate location that then brought it to their places. But we also have We didn't see then the Cape explode. Right. So why why is it we have to shut down indoor dining immediately according to the this doctor who just put that out there what is the numerical data that you're using to support right. that what we keep here did you see this one kurt Atoni, i think it was said we need to shut down the casinos immediately and i think it was indoor venues because those are starting on october 5th the casinos is that a thing in springfield that the casino is causing massive problems i'm looking at the map i don't see it but maybe it is and right. i'm not no. being told it no, but that's very symbolic too. You know, a casino. What kind of per- I know? You know what kind of person owns a casino? The guy on Pennsylvania Avenue. Um, it, it, well, also, if uh, we we don't have any metrics on how many lives the masks have saved, have they saved any masks? I mean, have they saved any lives at all? If so, if wearing a mask is so so much more effective than not wearing a mask, then why are we wearing two masks? Wouldn't that be more effective? Wouldn't those particles, even fewer particles, get out? All the really good people should be wearing two masks or five masks or ten masks. You know, I mean... Well, and that's the other thing. We keep being told if everybody just wore a mask, washed their hands, and distanced, we could have this thing licked in three weeks. Well, then if I do that, what is the problem? Others aren't doing it. Okay, and they, but hold them accountable. Why am I going to be punished as a result of that? If I am protected and I am acting responsibly, why can't I then go on about my business? Why? Nope, everybody's got to eat it now. Sorry. It's weird. It's just silly. All right, we're going to take a break. 617-266-6868. It's 2 o'clock. We'll get a quick check of headlines. Then we're coming right back at it with Shattuck on a Big Boy Thursday here on RKO. Why don't you just meet me in the middle? I'd like to see it a little bit, maybe more right down the middle. I'm losing my mind just a little. Maybe you can realize that the truth is in the middle. So why don't you just meet me in the middle? Now back to everybody's favorite middleman. In the middle. VB. Hour number three of VB in the middle on AM 680 WRKO. This hour we will get to our sound bites of the month. Lightning and I have had some disagreements on this. In other words, Lightning has refused to acknowledge my wisdom. You heard me, Lightning. (laughs) 
And so we'll see who won, who gets yeah, their we'll way in this one. That. Lightning has control of the buttons. I'm in my Boxford basement studio, so there's not as much I can do about it. However, we did have a little... Uh, it was a little Trump Biden esque, wouldn't you say, Lightning? I yeah. did tell you at one point to Ooh. shut your mouth. Shut your mouth, man! Come at me, bro. <laughs> I, I, I was like, not, no, 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 no. We're gonna disagree about the problem. I have in those arguments, Shattuck, is Lightning always gets to. You do know I do have a mute button. I can just turn your mic off, period, and I can't counter that. Yeah, this isn't the pre- that presidential debate, I will shut the mic yeah, off. I don't have an override there, so there's not much <laughs> I can do. We will get into sound bites of the month in just a little while. We may get back to the reparations issue, too, because I just, oh, man, I'm reading some of the tweets about this, and I'm seeing what people are saying, and so we may need to get into that. In the meantime, we're talking about coronavirus. Rhode Island said yesterday that trick-or-treating is on for now. And but they don't want any of the grown-ups doing anything. There'll better not be any parties, or there will be immediate $500 fines. Meanwhile, here in Massachusetts, there's some hints of people saying that we need a second lockdown in order to get a handle on this massive spike that we have. Although, do we have a massive spike? I'm unclear on this. Anyway, let's go back to the phones. 617-266-6868. Russ is in Boston. Russ, you're next on RKO. I'm, I'm talking on my phone, uh, and I'm illegally talking on my phone, and I'm driving up to a cop. So let me pull off the side of the road here so I don't have to do that. D.P., you still there? Yes, Russ, please. Get out of okay. danger. Don't break the law, for God's sakes. Put your mask on <laughs> okay. anyway just to be doubly safe. <laughs> okay. First of all, VB, I agree that we're going to go back into a lockdown. First of all, today's October the 1st. And this is the beginning of flu season. It spikes in December it's, or, or, or in, Jan, in January. And there's no question that we are going to go back into a lockdown. And remember, Charlie is being nice to the people that sell Halloween crap, and I'll put it that way, okay? And he's not saying anything right now. But if anyone thinks that he's not going to put an end to Halloween this year, lives in fantasy land. Shattuck, do you believe that? I don't think the governor will do it, um, although it's got to be tempting for him. I certainly think towns will do it. And towns also have no real right to say, you can't tell me not to go outside and ask people for candy. Um, but, uh, you know, they did it last year when it was stormy. I think in your town and my town, too, VB, actually, they came, moved They moved Halloween. I think that they'll move, for Lowell anyway, it's the police chief who makes that decision um, and I think uh, that they'll move to cancel Halloween. Yes. Yes. I, I can't. So I, this is the issue that we have, Russ, which is that the wall in this case, the wall between us living any sort of life and everything being shut down, the wall is Charlie Baker. And when when have you known Charlie to stay resolute for extended periods of time? That ought to worry you if you're pro-Halloween like I am. Hey, B.B., I have to tell you this. Last month, my son went to a wedding up in New Hampshire, okay? There was 180 people at this wedding. And most of them, they did social distancing. Some wore masks, some didn't, okay? My son, including the wedding party and many of the guests, got a, a test after the wedding. And everyone is tested negative with 180 people getting together. 
I mean, but you know what the counter would be? Yeah, but that wedding in Maine. That wedding in Maine. Like, everything is about that wedding in Maine. And no, I don't know the circumstances of that. I'm told there were people that died as a result of being at that thing, and there was a huge spread. But I don't know what happened. But And they act like because of that one wedding, all the other weddings are tainted, and we can't do any of this stuff. And this is it. It's hyperventilating nation now, Russ. And you know that. It's always the one bad story. It doesn't matter the other hundreds of good stories or whatever. Trouble's lurking, and you don't realize the danger that you're in. That's what we're told. And how can we counter that? How can we say, I, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't feel like I'm in danger. And how can I prove that? They, they've put up an unprovable. And now we as have a, to just eat it. As a freedom-loving American, I don't need the government to tell me what to do to protect myself. For starters, I was already a germaphobe. The only thing I'm doing differently than I, I wasn't doing in January of, of this year is social distancing. Other than that, I'm doing all the same things I would do before. I don't need to live in a nanny government. Well, we are, whether we want to or not, Russ, and that's not going to change, especially in this state. But here's the key, Russ. Listen, stay listening to your phone. Stay pulled over. Because I got someone who's in a state that you probably do like what they're doing, and it looks like she's not overly thrilled either. This is Liza down in Florida. Hey, Liza. Hey, VB. Um, So I'm actually in Clearwater, and as everyone knows, we are in phase three, um, but we're not fully open. What What Governor DeSantis has done. And actually, I do like him. Um, and I'm glad I'm not in Massachusetts anymore. Let me preface that. I've moved five years ago. What he has done is he has forgiven fines for the individuals that have either been fined for not wearing a mask or will be fined for not wearing a mask. And restaurants are supposed to be open minimum 50% to 100. But there are still some mayors, obviously, and some Democratic regions that don't want to open. They still insist on wearing face masks. As a matter of fact, I think one of the mayors out of Miami said, yes, um, where I know you can, I know you're not going to be fine, but once this is all over and done, we're still going to fine you. So I, I don't know what to do. I don't know if this is ever going to end. <laughs> I have no idea. And he also said it depends on the restaurants, if they want to keep their mask mandate, I believe. The stores still have mask mandates. You know, I just took my mother who has dementia. It's me and my mom. And we went to a store yesterday. We went to go food shopping. And before I even got up to the sidewalk, the renter cop is pointing to her face. And I said, no, she can't wear one. She's she's disabled. She doesn't need one. Oh, oh, oh. And I'm like, oh, good Lord, stop, please. I'm shocked to hear that's going on down there, Eliza. Oh, yeah. We are not – we're not free and open down here. As a matter of fact, Disney, I just heard, is laying off 28,000 people. Mm-hmm. So – and I have a friend that's a travel agent, and she said people are canceling. They will not go to Disney unless they do away with masks. This is crazy. And yeah. Obviously, so people Florida... are going to Florida because, as you have seen yesterday, American Airlines, among others, is also laying off massive amounts of people, which is why the unemployment news you heard today, which seemed pretty good, temper that considering the news of Disney and the airlines is not factored mm-hmm. into that. So it's eesh is what I'm saying. But, Liza, great call. Don't be a stranger and keep keep hanging in there down there. That's all we can do. Yes, Shattuck, go ahead. 
So um, in Florida's unemployment rate has gone up. It's 11%, where ours is still 14.5%. But the death rate is lower there. And they had a very different experience. They peaked in August. So March is when you and I, I, we hoarded all this stuff, and we had to go underground, and all our kids went home. And we socially distance. We wear masks. Everything's closed. The world closes down in March. It's then it takes a month and a half or a month and five weeks or so. Massachusetts peaks in April 24th or to April 27th. We peak in coronavirus in deaths where we're getting 150 a day or so. That's April 24th. Then by by the time June, mid-June happens, it's down to where it is now, essentially. So why then? We did everything we were supposed to do. We did all the social distancing, and it still came in and got us. Why then do we think that this is a huge help if we all hid and it killed 8,000 people while we were hiding? So why is hiding the key? To me, a doctor telling you we need another lockdown doesn't carry nearly the weight for me right now of the report we heard about New York this week, which is that their their businesses, and in specific their restaurant businesses, they may never come back. It's just it may never be what it was. And you, if you were used to New York with boarded up, closed up, and for rent signs, good. Get used to it because it's going to be like that for quite a while. That If that doesn't bother you, trouble you, and make you go – Again, Disney is the perfect example. Did people think that Disney was going to carry those 28,000 people forever? There is a consequence to this stuff. And by the way, those consequences have consequences. We we can talk about this ad nauseum, but the, the effects of being locked up and sheltered in your own home all day, every day, forevermore, there are consequences to that, and they're not good. That's got to be waiting. Coronavirus is not the only threat in the world, and we can't act right. like everything else has to be on hold until we get a handle on that, but that is what we continue to do. It's outrageous. All right, let me put you on hold, Shattuck. When we come back, I'm going to ask you a simple question. Is a rose by any other name still as sweet, or in this case, not so sweet? Because the AP style book, Lightning, wants us to stop using a term because we're not using it properly. We we got to go over this. Shattuck, I know, is going to be laughing about this. We'll do it when we come back right here on RKO. Tom Shattuck joins me on a big boy Thursday. Shattuck is in the newspaper business, and he has to choose his words carefully. Shattuck, do you ever use the AP style book as your guidance? All the time, of course. AP Stylebook, for those that don't know, is the one that tells you, for example, um, uh, none of us, this doesn't apply to any of us here, but like the late owner of Wendy's, it's, it's the easiest way I can do it, Lightning, I go to food. His name was Dave Thomas. If you're referencing something that his family did, instead of putting Thomas apostrophe S, you just need the apostrophe. If the last name ends mm-hmm. in S, you just put an apostrophe for the pizza. You know who determines that AP Stylebook? So they make calls on things like that. And they they had one recently on whether misinformation was a better term than fake news. And, of course, that was because they don't want anybody using Trump's phrase. You get the idea. Right. But they have a new one out today, Shattuck. Have you seen it? No. Good, because I think you're going to like this. They are cautioning now 
Well, let me just read you the tweet. This is from the AP Stylebook, and this is what they are taking on. Quote, new guidance on AP Stylebook Online. Use care in deciding which term best applies, colon. A riot is a wild or violent disturbance of the peace involving a group of people. The term riot suggests uncontrolled chaos and pandemonium. Focusing on rioting and property destruction rather than underlying grievance has been used in the past to stigmatize broad swaths of people protesting against lynching, police brutality for racial justice, going back to the urban uprising of the 60s. Unrest is a vaguer, milder, and less emotional term for a condition of angry discontent and protest verging on revolt. It then goes on. Long and short of it is, the AP style book is now saying, Shattuck, we should use the term unrest instead of riot for what's been going on in the streets. Uh, can we use uh, unrest with bricks and fire? Or is that allowed? Or, or do we have to be more vague? It's, it's funny because that is such a, uh, a woke word, too. Ayanna Presley says constantly, if there's unrest in our lives, there must be unrest in the streets. So that is a woke certified and approved uh, word, but it's j- just a horse bleep. I'm, I'm not surprised, of course. You know, the AP style book now also has us uh, has us um, capitalizing black as in black people, but not capitalizing white as in white people because because you know what. But um, so uh, yeah, that's that's moronic. The word riot is a great word. It actually it's almost like a onomatopoeia in a sense that it's it sounds like what it is. The word riot sounds riotous. It sounds uh, tumultuous. And, and it's a great word. And the, a riot is a riot. It really doesn't matter the theme of the riot. But <laughs> Lightning, if you're playing the drinking game, and every time Shattuck says riot, have at it, you're going to be feeling pretty good right now. But it's true. Shattuck, let me ask you, what went on up in Minneapolis? What's gone on in Portland, for example? What went on in the Love City up in Seattle? What word would you use to best describe those scenes? Um, Things are burning. Uh, um, uh, people are trying to yes. hit people with bats. In some cases, people are shooting guns and shooting people. People are looting. I Things are barricaded what, off. There are I, I fences. Assume, Molotov it... cocktails are being thrown. Bicycles <laughs> are being pushed over, et cetera, et cetera. Wouldn't riot be the word that comes to mind? And mostly peaceful unrest, I think, is what you have to call that from now on. I, I am, I have, yeah, I have problems with the AP and certainly their news product, which we use, of course, which you use as well, which everybody uses, um, and and problems with the politics happening internally. It, it, you know, it, you, we can all agree. Everybody, it, it's the only people who are uncomfortable with using the term riots are middle-class white people in Dover and Winchester and Wellesley. The people in the neighborhoods in they're being victimized by these riots, they don't like riots. They're not for this. They want law and order. They want peace on the streets. This is these are people, you know, in Melrose with Black Lives Matter signs uh with nary a black person living there who who push for this stuff. This is this is a white guilt now implemented in into uh the AP style book, which is which is great, which is really productive and useful for this year. When, when in the history of instruction have, has it been, you know what, go vaguer. 
in reporting. Don't give accurate. Go vaguer. But what they said literally is unrest is a vaguer, milder, and less emotional term for a condition of angry discontent. I mean, are we trying this hard? And are we now? So basically, people that are rioting and looting, that's not really the problem. The problem is the aggressive terminology we're using to describe those people. So somehow I'm at fault here, not the people actually doing the thing. I am because I'm referring it to it as a riot. Is this what we're doing? Enti- yes. There are entire college classes in majors that are based on words being violence. I mean, critical race theory, critical gender studies as well. It's violence. If you look at the – if you dead name somebody in the LGBT community – you know, you've committed a horrific crime of violence upon them. Not surprised. Of course, if you let this stuff, this idiocy seep in, um, and this is what happens. It's, so, once I, again, again it's I know everything's crazy. about Trump, and we know this is about Trump, but here, here's yes. my statement on this. This is the stuff that Trump won on in 2016, that he was going to be the answer to this stuff. And what's going on right now is they are spoon-feeding him things that he should be winning on like this. Do you believe this? They're now calling us out for using the term riot. What do you see when you look out there? If it walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, and smells like a duck, it's usually a duck. But now we're told, no, it's unrest. Like, this is a gift to Trump. All of this stuff is. We we heard Don Lemon say, we got to stop doing this. It's not testing well. But this is a (laughs) gift for Trump, which is why that debate performance, they've got to smarten it up, and they've got to get in on this. Trump's got to say, look, you want more of this? Elect that guy. You want more of me telling you what it is as it is? Then you know who's your guy. Like, these are things that people can wrap their hands around and grasp and go, yeah, I don't like being told that that duck is actually a a uh, conglomeration of, of feathers that might be used for a pillow at some point. <laughs> I want to call that thing a duck. And yet this You're is right. what they're You're doing right. to us. And it's the gaslighting is worse, too. To say what you're don't believe your lying eyes. No, you're not seeing that. That's not what you're seeing. There is no Antifa. Okay, fine. There might be an Antifa, but mostly there's Proud Boys. That's what you're mostly afraid of. I know you don't know what that means, Proud Boys, but it's very bad white supremacist. Don't are you one? Well, if you're not, then disavow right now. That's it. It's craziness. This crazy brainwashing of these morons. I mean, and that's one of the reasons why I, I don't think Trump ever answers that question well because it's such an insult. To well, go up he's, he's, he's got to have a better answer about- now. But all right, let me hold you there, Shattuck. We got a break. Uh, Trump has tweeted not about this, although he should. He's tweeted about something else, and I got to ask you, Lightning, a question that I asked you yesterday because I'm wondering if your answer is now going to be different. We'll find out what that is and what her answer is when we come back. It's VB. You're in the middle on WRKO. Follow that Fox story in New Hampshire lightning. That was the first I just heard of it right there. <laughs> That's wild. Under normal circumstances, like in 2017, that would have been a bigger story. But why is it Massachusetts wanted that thing killed exactly? It, it was a pet fox that has become domesticated. Mm-hmm. And it somehow got loose and ended up in New Hampshire. And then they caught it and they've captured it. And Massachusetts like, kill that thing. What? Why? Those ignorant mass bleeps. You know what I'm saying? (laughs)
My gosh, the Hampshire. If it was a coyote, yes, put the thing down, but it's a see, fox. See, What's us the in problem? the live free or die state, we're all about living the way you want, all right? The lady I think wants there's to room in New Hampshire it. for a fox. I think we yeah, can find the uh, happy. If you can have that other thing, that 40 pound, whatever that cat was. Oh, yeah, the Serral cat. Several? Several cat. Yeah, whatever that thing is. If you can have that, you can have a fox from Massachusetts, for God's sakes. Have you seen Trump's latest tweet? Yes, I have. Uh, the question we asked yesterday was, will there be a second and or third presidential debate? Because the first one was what it was, and because the media cannot stop trying to force Joe Biden into not participating. In fact, I'm looking at Twitter right now. Ian Bremmer, for example, if you know who Ian Bremmer is, is saying no more presidential debates. They serve no purpose, and this was not a good look. So they, they keep trying to tell you we don't want more debates. What we know is the debate commission, which is a bipartisan commission, by the way, it's 50-50, they have said within the next day or two, they are going to announce changes that they are going to implement for the second debate so that they don't have a repeat of the first debate. And for a while now, the question has been, will Biden participate in a second debate? Because he was the aggrieved party, apparently. And Trump has said, yeah, look, I'm in. I mean, I don't want him changing anything, but I'm in. Well, his tweet now is, quote, why would I allow the debate commission to change the rules for the second and third debates when I easily won the last time? And earlier he said, I won the debate big based on compilation of polls. Thank you. So I guess here's my question, Lightning. Are we going to have a second debate or not? Yes, I think so. Are there going to be changes to said debate? Yes. Is Trump... I? What I'm getting at here is like, I don't know, Trump can put this tweet out and it's fun and he's trying to, you know, he's trying to tweak people by just putting in the I easily won the last debate. Fine, whatever. But they are going to make changes and he is going to abide by them, right? You would think so, but I don't know. I don't know if he's really going to change. I, do you think President Trump's going to change his attitude? He cannot not go. In the same way that I told you yesterday, if Biden goes, do you know how weak that looks? Trump can't not go. He has to participate in this, these things. First of all, he's got to show that he can do it better than he did last time. Well, do you think he'll be able to? Like, for instance, do you think he's going to tone down the interjecting yeah. and the interrupting? Well, I do think they're going to have a shutoff. I don't know how they're not going to have a shutoff. I think so, too. The question is... What's going to happen there is they're going to people are going to count it. It's obvious that Trump's is going to be shut off more and people are going to scream and yell and say this thing is all rigged because Biden was never turned off and Trump was whatever. But I and, and good luck to whoever it is running it. I think that's the big mystery. Are we really going to have the moderator pushing the shutoffs? Because I, I don't know, man, I feel like maybe you use somebody else. Let the moderator just listen, pay attention they have be part worry, of the conversation. Have somebody else sitting there going, yeah, I know, you're off. I think We've all been nice. in enough of these Zoom meetings, right? Like, you know you know when you're on, you know when you're off, and you learn pretty quickly well, when to talk and when not to. Some of them don't, like that Argentinian uh, lawmaker. <laughs> he, didn't he didn't talk. Know. It wasn't talking that he got him into trouble. He didn't know that his lightning. video was on. <laughs> okay, so some people don't know about the on and the off. And even mics are on and off, and they don't know, so be careful. 
I feel like am I the only one that thinks this is all a this is all a game that's being played here to to get support, talk about, keep interest in the debates, make sure those ratings are up. Trump likes big ratings. And so we're going to start doing this. I don't know if I'm going. And then, of course, you know, the media is going to keep saying Biden shouldn't go. So then when the when push comes to shove, we got two guys that, you know, we're not even sure they even want to be here. God knows what they're going to say. We're going to have to check this thing out because this could be chaos. Isn't that how this is going? Aren't they just playing all of us? They're just hyping up. They're just trying to hype you up. They're just trying to get uh, attention drawn on it and talked about. And that's that's it. Supposedly, Lightning, they're considering four changes. We don't know exactly what they are. Mike Cutoff is one of them. What else could they change, though? I don't know what else can. Yeah, You're not allowed know. to speak to the other guy. Period. I, I mean, mean what not, else? Yeah, what what's the point do? of that debate? Like, that's not a debate. That's not a discussion. You can only speak when spoken to. Look, these guys are running for president. You can't. You can't have that kind of rule in place to make this the stalest, most boring thing ever. Again, what you're going to see next Wednesday is you're going to see two people that play by the rules, that understand the rules, and you're going to see a boring debate. I mean, Kamala will make it a little more interesting, I would think, because at some point she's going to do a laughy thing that's going to be weird, and then she's going to make some big thing that pencil call her. There'll be a couple of moments, but as a general rule, this is going to be a boring debate. Nobody wants that, do we? What we keep saying is we don't... I'll put it to you this way, Lightning. The more people say how disgusted they were with this one, and the more they say we can't have that again, doesn't it seem to you like that is secretly what we all want? We want to make sure that that does happen again. You follow me? It's like uh, it's a thing. I can't believe that happened. That is so ridiculous. When's the sequel? When's the sequel? Yeah, I, like to check I mean, isn't that what? Are we going to be let down by the second debate? There's a second question for you. I mean, because if Trump doesn't do what he did and these guys play by Marcus of Queensbury rules, aren't you going to be like, what was that? I mean, geez, now he went way too far the other way. I don't think he's going to. I don't think Trump's going to go way too far the other way. I think he's going to tone it back a little bit. But I still think you're going to see the aggressive fears coming at you. I mean, he in his own mind thinks he won the debate and there's nothing wrong with what anything he did. So, uh, I mean, I know it's up to his campaign to turn around and say, let's just reel it in a little bit. Let's reel it in a little bit. Let's work on these things. And how much of that is President Trump going to listen to? And then how much are we going to get to hear? Again, if they're shutting his mic off. See, yeah, that's... Once you, once look, the red light's going to warn you, and they've done this in debates before. Lightning, by the way, the red light tells you you got 15 seconds when it's flashing. When it goes solid, you're done, and if you don't stop, it's off. See, on the one hand, I like a little bit of interjecting. That's when we get those those gem moments. We get those little underhanded comments. But when the interjecting keeps going on for two minutes, then that's a problem. Like it's like you want some interjecting, but not constant. Like we saw to the level that it was on earlier in the you know week with the debate we don't want that much interjecting so it's kind of on the one hand do we we want the mics being shut off but then we don't want them being shut off all the time because they could miss some of these great moments you know what i'm I saying I, I, I yeah think so. i do i, I mean, think there's but... moments where i mean it's it's just you wouldn't have gotten some of those great lines if there wasn't the interjecting One thing we've seen in 2020 is whenever you try to fix something, you end up causing more problems and probably make the situation worse. 
And don't you feel like this this debate commission is desperately trying to figure out a way to not have what happened in the first debate happen? But don't you think what they come up with is going to create a whole different set of problems? And part of that is because no matter what you do, you don't know what he's going to do. And he, no one can know up until that moment because what we found out supposedly is that the people that were instructing him and guiding him this time around said, yeah, be aggressive. The quote I heard yesterday was they wanted him to be aggressive, but they didn't want him to be Jason from Friday the 13th. <laughs> I thought that was a pretty good line. Hey, I like it. Coming into <laughs> October, I like it. Stay yeah, maybe on just tone it down just a, just a smidge. Just walk that back a little bit. So if you don't know what he's going to do, I don't know how you're going to fix it. But he is now giving me the old, I don't know why I would allow rules changes. And technically he can veto these things, but veto means he doesn't go. We'll see. We'll keep you posted, obviously. All right, when we come back, it is it is now October 1st, which means we got to do September's Sound Bites of the Month. The top five. This was not easy to whittle down, by the way. We'll go over them when we come back right here on RKO. And now it's time for VB's Sound Bites of the Month. I go into nice family restaurants, and I see people throwing this name around and pretending as though everything is just fine. I'm talking about boneless chicken wings. Look, Venezuela's top line message is President Trump's policy is an abject failure. When they said, well, we're able to accommodate people one person at a time and that we can set up that time, I trusted that. As it turns out, it was a setup. Bill de Blasio is the worst mayor in the history of New York City. That's the whole act. No standing around the bar, okay? A black man invented the light bulb, not a white guy named Edison. Okay? I wish a lot of luck to Harry, because he's going to need it. Heck is going to be this Omi, Omi, Amy Comey. <laughs> we'll all be saying this name a lot, I'm sure, because she's a you know, I, I wasn't there. What role would the U.S. military have to play in that type of scenario? Absolutely no ro role. <laughs> A Harris administration together with Joe Biden. It is appalling and outrageous that anyone would suggest for a minute that if they lose an election, they're not going to leave. Period. If you take the blue states out, we're uh, at, at a level that uh, I don't think anybody in the world would be at. We're not going home! Without further ado, here's your host for this afternoon's ceremony, Victor Bravo. Well, these sound bites of the month are already under protest, Lightning, because I'm lodging a formal protest right now. And the fact that Anton Hudobin is not in the top five with that we're not going home is just absolutely yes, outrageous. Yes, you are. And it shows your Tampa Bay bias. I mean, all I have to say to that is you say you're not going home, but turns out you are going home. That's the I didn't need They're that going home. You are going and home. I'm not even a Dallas fan. My son is, but... <laughs> oh, I think you outrageous. are a Dallas fan. I think you are now. I forgot about Pelosi's This is a setup. That set seems up. so long ago. Oh, there's so many good ones in the That intro. was like a couple of weeks ago. I know, right? Doesn't it Remember feel like Remember when Hairgate was like, yes. that was it. Yes. So no much... one even cares now about Hairgate. We move on so fast. I know. So 
It's October 1st, and we obviously couldn't get to sound bites of the month yesterday because we were doing debate analysis and we were weighing in and all that. So we got him today for you. These, what we do is we put together what we think are the five best. Now, Bill Mars, I'm guessing that bleeping nut quote didn't get in there because it's just it's more mm-hmm. aggravating than anything. Yeah. And we like to use more have a little more levity in these types of things and we like to five things that kind of make me make us chuckle is what we're after. Basically. And that one just makes me mad. Uh and I'm a recovered Catholic by the way, but that's that's outrageous what he said. So these are in our opinions, and it's not ours entirely because we did have some disputes, and yeah, we have I'm not loving going. what Lightning has picked already. Uh, the top five sound bites for the month of se- September. Without further ado, here is number five. What's that bear doing? Like a bear. Panther. That's Sir Purr, bro. Who? Sir Purr. How you say that? Sir Purr. Sir Purr. Oh, Sir Purr? Wow. You call him that? Yeah, that's his name. So you be like, what's up, Sir Purr? If that doesn't make you laugh, I, I don't I that is the Carolina Panthers opening game. They played the Raiders at home. They're not allowed to have any fans. But what they did have was their mascot running through the stands, and after they scored a touchdown, their mascot for the Carolina Panthers was doing a dance that in bear? the stands. And so as two of the players are sitting on the bench, one of whom was just signed that week, by the way, he was a jet, but he looks up and just says, hey, what's that bear doing? And the guy goes, what? Yeah, what's that he goes, bear that doing? Thing, that's a panther. <laughs> oh, that's a panther? What do you call it? Like, And they're not even like, it's, it's so the most absurd serious. conversation ever. Yeah, what's that bear doing? <laughs> <laughs> I laugh every time I hear that, too. He doesn't think for one second that, okay, that looks to be a mascot. What team do I now play for? Oh, the Panthers. It's probably a Panther. No. Hey, what's that bear doing? That's absolutely me. Like, I relate so much to that. Like, I would be, it's so obvious what it is, but I'm just like, yo, what's that bear doing? <laughs> and then you're like, oh, yeah, cool. What do you call it? Sir Purr. Sir Purr, that's what you call it? Yeah. And he's getting the 411 on his team oh, on the great. bench, and it's you great. got to hear it. It was great. It is. All right, here's soundbite of the month for September, number four. But this administration seems to think it's all, all of a sudden going to go away, like angel dust is going to be sprayed around. Everything's going to be okay. I just don't get it. They have to know better. They have to know better. And so do you, Biden. You have to Hold know on. better. Hold on. Please play that one again, Lightning. <laughs> Let me remind people. Would, I was wondering why the light bulb one didn't make top five. That's because Biden had a better Biden one. Here is Joe Biden trying to use the, wanting to use the term fairy dust. There's angel wings and there's fairy dust. Instead, here's what Joe Biden said was going to be spread around to make coronavirus go away. But this administration seems to think it's all, all of a sudden going to go away, like angel dust is going to be sprayed around. Everything's going to be okay. I just don't get it. They have to know better. They have to know better. Angel dust. For those that don't know, that was a rather <laughs> lethal illicit drug that was popular in the 70s has that been tested as a potential cure lightning and i don't know about it is angel dust the secret might be angel dust might be man joe biden where was that guy at the debate because he didn't drop angel dust unfortunately it would have been nice if he did here's cut number soundbite number three i should say soundbite number three for september tuna fish they could really rip it right and that hits you no it's true Bumblebee, brand tuna, 
And you can throw that soccer, you can put a curve on it, you can do whatever the hell you want. And the cops in Chicago, you saw it, they're going like this. It was terrible. And they, they're not allowed to fight back. They're not allowed to fight back. These guys, if they fight back, nobody's going to be there a very long throwing thing. Yeah, that's like your favorite soundbite, Lightning, because you just love Trump saying Bumblebee Tuna. Bumblebee Tuna. Yeah, yeah. I just, I do go right back to Ace Ventura. It's all I think about when I hear that comment. What I love about that soundbite is that, in case you forget, the first time he gave that speech was the night before. He said it was Kansas Soup. Yeah. The next time he gave it, he changed it up, and he went with tuna, and then he decided to plug a specific tuna brand. It's bumblebee tuna that they're throwing in particular. I mean, and chicken of the seas going, what are we, chop liver over here? Come on, how about a little love? How about a little shout-out? No, nope, bumblebee tuna. You can put a wicked curve on those things. Oh, unbelievable. <laughs> the president coming in at number three. Here's the number two soundbite for the month of September. But to be clear, you're not taking any arrows out of your quiver. You're not ruling anything out. Good morning. Sunday morning. <laughs> the, uh... I'm sorry. Every time I hear that, I la- crack up laughing, too. That never got nearly the kind of play it should have. Good morning. Sunday. In the middle of a conversation, she had already <laughs> answered the question. Stephanopoulos then follows up on it. He finishes, he pauses, and then she says, good morning. I'm going to do that Sunday now. Sunday morning. And Stephanopoulos has this look like, what is happening? And then she clicks it. I mean, it was such a just an absolute on-air glitch moment. And I don't even know that people know that happened. That was Nancy Pelosi just totally glitching in the middle of a live interview. And it's not the soundbite of the month. The reason? This is the soundbite of the month. What was the atmosphere like in the stadium without fans there? Can you compare it to anything else that you've experienced uh, in your football life? Practice. (laughs) (laughs) That is my favorite. See, this is where we disagree. You think that's the soundbite and the number one soundbite. I think this is the number one soundbite of the month. How many states do you think he paid uh, income tax? Taxes. Well, you know, we know he's not only paying in the state, but hey, you need to put a sock in it and put on your listening ears. Well, you asked the question, didn't you? It's a rhetorical question, idiot. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one, Lightning. I'll grant you, but it's the best. It's the best. He went over Belichick. Come on, idiot. That's the best one of the month. It does make you laugh every time. Every time, without fail. We'll forever be in dispute there, which was the number one. But those are the sound bites for the month of September. All right, have a good day, everybody. Be smart, be safe, take notes. Tomorrow at noon, you and I, we're going to compare those notes when we meet right back here in the middle.